1: Now, as you know, the census figures were released yesterday and the number of people reporting good general health decreased from 87% in the last census in 2016 to 83% back in 2022. So should we be concerned about this trend? I'm joined now by Professor Brendan O'Shea, Kilger GP and Assistant Professor in Public Health and Primary Care at Trinity College in Dublin. Brendan, is there a reason why these numbers are falling?
2: Well, I think there clearly is. Um, it's a trend. It's a somewhat important trend and it's good to know about it. Um, In key respects, uh, data from a survey like this, you could regard as soft data. um, And and it is of concern that people feel that their health is less good. Uh, We can tally this with other data uh, to put it into perspective. And we know, for example, during the last three to four years and the profound disruption caused by the pandemic and other things going on. uh, We know, for example, that in practice, we've been prescribing more antidepressants and anxiolytic medication. Um, So that heightens the sense of of concern around this. Uh, It's not so great that people feel less good about their health. And as you so rightly compare, on the other hand, uh, life expectancy, for example, in Ireland has continued to increase during the pandemic, unlike the United Kingdom or the United States, where life expectancy has actually diminished. So how important is this? And should we be worried about it? What can we usefully do about it? Um, We can ask ourselves, for starters, are the health services optimally configured for what people are experiencing? Uh, At the practice level, I think GPs all over the country uh, see people coming into them uh, significantly stressed, uh, upset, driven by uncertainty, uncertainty about half a dozen important things. Uh, We don't really have adequate time to talk to people. uh, And at least some of the time we feel... Uh, impelled to prescribe rather than to be able to provide adequate talking therapy. Um, in terms of the health system, we're certainly looking for more talking time to be with people and not just GPs but GP nurses. Uh, we'd really like more talking therapy in communities at the practice level, for example, uh, in primary care. Uh, this is, It is kind of happening but it would be good if, we, if it could happen quicker and I think it would be a practical way to address uh, what's been identified in this trend? So it's all about context and and what we can do.
1: And, and it's interesting you mentioned context because, of course, this was a snapshot taken back in 2022 when we were a lot closer to the pandemic. We we were you know we're barely out of it really at that point. I, I, is is you know you said this was sort of a reflection of how people feel, so it's a bit subjective. And health anxiety, you can ima- I can imagine anyway, was probably quite high and has remained quite high. Although, would we expect it to wane now going forward uh, as we move further away from mask wearing and hand washing and social distancing and those types of things that kind of kept it to the forefront of our mind?
2: Well, you could be positive or optimistic about it. Um, on the positive side, yes, we arguably did not a bad job on the pandemic. It wasn't perfect, but we did better than most other societies. So cheers for us. And that is in abeyance. Uh, But in the social media bubble that a lot of us live, that's been replaced by fears of inflation, by job security, uh, by the dislocation of, of displaced populations coming into our communities. And they're bringing terrible stories and the war in Ukraine. So certainly perceived anxiety levels, we're seeing them. They're still quite high uh, in many households, in many oh, okay. communities, many maybe, workplaces.
1: Maybe a last question then for you, Brendan. Uh, this this sort of I suppose idea that people have—we we appear to roll from one crisis to another now, and some of that is driven by social media and and mainstream media of, of which w- w- we we hear are part of. But but is that adding to the problems that people have? The constant being beaten over the head with how everything is a crisis. How you know the housing crisis, the the migration crisis, the climate crisis. Uh, everything is a crisis. Is 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 that bad for people?
2: Uh, that's a very big question and my gut instinct is is that the extent to which it's going on is not good for quite a lot of people and I go back to the hard data and if you look at rates of prescribing uh, for SSRI type antidepressants and anxiolytics, we're consuming more of them. Uh, That really isn't a good thing. So there is a challenge, there's an ongoing challenge Uh, we should look back and we can be confident in what we're doing. We've actually done a lot of things well but the way Uh, uh, personal psychology works and the way social psychology works is we immediately discount the good things and we race on to the next crisis. So cheers for news talk, stopping and putting this in a context. Uh, It could be worse, it certainly could be better. The science gives us a good indication what we can usefully do to make this better.
1: And that was Dr. Brendan O'Shea there, uh, assistant professor in public health and primary care at Trinity College in Dublin. But elsewhere in the census data, it's also revealed that the over 70s are the biggest growing demographic in the country. I think it has grown by over 25% in the last uh, since the last census. And for more on this, I'm joined now by David Robinson, consultant in geriatric medicine and member of the Mercer's Institute for Successful Ageing at St. James's Hospital. Good morning to you, David. David. Um, Are we doing enough to, to, I suppose, future proof as the population ages? And it was quite stark in this, the growth in the over 70s um, and and the changing demographic for that group as well. Are we doing nearly enough to provide for
0: them? Hi, Kira. Thanks for having me on. Uh, We're probably not doing enough, although there's a lot of um, positive things. I mean, at an individual level, we're much healthier than we had been before. I mean, there's a much... Um, An 85-year-old now is much healthier and more robust than an 85-year-old would have been 15 or 20 years ago. So we know that if we stay physically, socially and mentally active, uh, we know that we're more likely to be healthier and robust um, in older age. Um, As a society, we are trying to tackle this. We're moving towards more community-based care um you know there's a there's an integrated care program for older people we're looking at rehabbing people in the home uh, we have community geriatric teams um in the community um which will try and prevent um hospital admission so we are doing we're doing a lot but there's a lot more that can be done um our rates of um admission to residential care are very high in this country compared to other european countries and we certainly have an emphasis on putting people in is nursing is that homes. a
1: lack of services within the the community
0: yeah, there is definitely a lack of services in the community. The pandemic affected that as well. We lost a lot of carers during the pandemic and there were delays in reissuing visas for community carers. And certainly on the ground, we find that getting people home again with home care packages is, is a yeah. real challenge.
1: Although this, this census did show a, a climb in the number of unpaid carers, I, I suppose, in the society. One of the things, and I don't know if you have a view on it or not, David, is is poverty uh, causes health issues and, and the toxic stress of, of poverty is is well documented. I don't know how, you know, we're going to, to deal with the, the pension burden going forward. I don't think many people know how we're going to deal with it. We refuse to, to raise the pension age. We have an ageing population. Do you have a view on, on that, on, on how we're going to provide for people financially? Because if they, obviously they're, you know, not well off, their health will decline as well.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, poverty, I mean, poverty leads to lack of control and lack of c- control leads to stress. So It was interesting what Brendan O'Shea was talking about, mm. talking therapies. I mean, um, I'm co-chair of the All-Island Social Prescribing Network, and that's a mechanism of demedicalizing things where we refer people to a link worker. So people who are stressed, isolated, who have low mood can be referred to a link worker who links them into community resources to improve their health and well-being. So that could be talking therapies, it could be Walking groups, it could be, um, you know, gardening. I mean, there's a lot of things that can be done to de-stress people that aren't. That don't, don't focus on the medical stuff. In terms of raising the pension age, that's a real challenge. Yeah. I mean, we, we are healthier. We're healthier as we get older. Um, and people might be physically capable of working for longer, but people don't necessarily want to do that. It's okay sure. if you're in, if you're in a mentally, a mentally stimulating job, but if you're in a, a job involving, you know, harder physical labor and raising the or, pension or age drudgery, is a real challenge. Or drudgery.
1: Yeah. It, it exactly. is, but, but if we're, living longer and longer, retiring at 65 and maybe living to 95 or 100, 35 years living, living on state, you can't imagine that people are going to be particularly well off doing that.
0: No, I know, but you can see the resistance, um, you can see the resistance um, to raising the pension age. But then, I mean, if we promote intergenerational solidarity, I mean, the idea of communities living together where younger people are supporting older people um, uh, in, a, in a social sense, then that becomes less of a, less of a challenge from a financial point of view.
1: It's a very interesting uh, topic, one that I suspect we will come back to. Thank you for speaking to us this morning. That is David Robinson's there, consultant in geriatric medicine and member of the Mercer's Institute for Successful Aging at St. James's Hospital.
0: News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR. Weekday mornings at 7 on News Talk.